Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know? Armadillos are excellent at hide-and-seek, much better than people. In fact, they're so good at it that no one has ever found one. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more Armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Listening to Muggles with Attitude, we are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading the final chapters of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book in the Harry Potter series, chapters 35 through 37. Previously, Fred and George blackmail a government official, those mischievous cherubs, and Harry. And Harry dreams of his dark nemesis. He reports it to Dumbledore, but doesn't miss an opportunity to do some snooping. He finds a magic artifact, the Bowl of Expository Flashbacks, <laughs> where, he learns, where he learns all sorts of incriminating backstories. With his head packed full of blackmail material, Harry tackles the third and final challenge, a maze conveniently filled with things that Harry knows how to deal with. Somehow, Harry solves the maze, and he and C. Diggs decide to split the grand prize. Unfortunately, the grand prize is being murdered and sacrificed to return Voldemort's power, and you'll never guess who ends up with the getting murdered half of the prize. With another name marked off his murder list, Harry turns his deadly gaze upon Voldemort. Voldemort is clearly the stronger wizard, but Harry summons an undead army to do his dark bidding, and I guess we'd call that an even draw. Anyway, Harry grabs Cedric's corpse as a trophy and nopes all the way back to Hogwarts. That was a really good summary. Thank you. Chapter 35, Veritaserum. Harry has returned with C. Diggs' body. Yeah, he materializes at Hogwarts with the cup in one hand and the corpse of his enemy in the other. I can't, like, no one can question Harry's victory at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. His victory over both the Triwizard Tournament and Cho Chang. That's right. <laughs> Which is confusing, because how did they know he had finished? Like, could you see the middle of the... No, you couldn't see inside the maze, so I don't know. They must have some kind of wizard jumbotron showing people what's going on again otherwise it would be a really boring yeah, thing we have the to same problem right? with the the lake mm-hmm. so, uh, presumably with night vision because it's happening at night right so it's a dark maze and mm-hmm. they have some sort of yeah okay okay which reminded me so there's something i need to go back on sorry but back on the second task when dobby told harry like you gotta go get your wheezy right right <laughs> if dobby hadn't told Harry, that he had to go after Ron, and he had like gotten down to the bottom of the lake. What do you think the odds are that he would have just like taken Hermione and left? <laughs> and Crumb shows up, and he's like, "Well, fuck. I guess I'll take Ron. This asshole has been a jerk." To me I mean, Harry, Harry's like, "Man, who's into Ron? Whatever." <laughs> he probably would have taken Cho Chang, right? He'd be like, "Oh yeah." Well, she right. wasn't down there, right? Well, was she? She yeah. was. She was oh, down yeah, there for C Diggs. Yeah, he would have taken. Joe. Right? Yes. We'd be like, Hermione will solve the other problem. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione's got this. I'm going to take Cho. <laughs> Ron would have just been left down there alone. Oh. <laughs> the last person would have shown up and been like, nah. <laughs> Ron can stay there. You can come back with one of the mer people. <laughs> <laughs> no, Harry just goes and he's like, oh, I guess Fred and George are my 
my, my Weasleys now. <laughs> just like moves up the tier, right? Aren't they the ones who, no, I guess, what, Ginny is probably the one slightly above Ron? We, she doesn't really have much of a personality yet. Yeah, she's, she's too young yet. Yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. so. So really, so it's Fred and George are the next tier up Weasleys. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an upgrade for him. And the other thing I'd thought about, and I wish I thought about it earlier, but I was actually listening to us, the mm-hmm. podcast that was just released. How do the hostages breathe underwater? Because there's no, like, spell, right? And they're not doing gillyweed or they'd have gills. So, <laughs> huh. I mean, the, maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't breathing? Yeah, maybe they're dead. <laughs> you can't bring back people who are dead, Micah. I mean, but how do we know that? Who told us that? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> the same person who set up this tournament. So that, wait, no, but that doesn't make sense. Why would their dead bodies be... And then he just brings them back to life when they get... That's fucked up. Okay, well, yeah. Alternate theory. Uh-huh. What if they aren't actually the people, right? What if they aren't those people? They're just a bunch of house elves that have had some polyjuice potion. And they're just... <laughs> so they're just, they're oh just dead house elves <laughs> at the bottom of the lake. I mean, the wizards barely think of them as human, right? So they're just... Oh, my God. And they have one hour to get back. Which is how long the polyjuice potion lasts. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so Dumbledore, I guess, what, Imperius is a... Well, he doesn't have to Imperius them, because house elves do whatever you tell them. Right, he probably like, doesn't go walk into that lake. Drink this... Drink this like, sure thing, Mr. Dumbledore, sir. <laughs> drink this polyjuice potion and apparate yourself to the bottom of the lake. And <laughs> wait there. <laughs> and house elves like, I wonder how long I'm supposed to... I'm running out of air down here. Right, yeah, and then when they... When somebody brings up a, a waterlogged house elf corpse, Dumbledore just swaps in the, the appropriate person. Yeah, I mean, like, wizards haven't solved the breathing underwater problem, but they definitely teleport things around all the time. I, swe- I feel like Dumbledore could do a body swap pretty fast. Yeah, and all, yeah, all of his... What people keep saying Harry is, you know, he wouldn't let a student die. Come on, Harry. <laughs> oh, man. This is... This don't wonder a... Dumbledore's fine with paying the elves. They don't stay around for long. <laughs> it's true. These are, well, those, the four were probably like the four union organizers. <laughs> <laughs> right, the rabble rousers. Wait, one of them could have been Dobby then. Right. Dobby's trouble, right? He is. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Wow, thanks for ruining my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, no. Dobby wasn't one of them because he came and got Harry. Unless that wasn't Dobby. There's a different house elf. <laughs> Polly juiced into looking like Dobby. I mean, don't they all kind of look alike? Whoa. <laughs> Alice, come on. Sorry. Well, that's a dark note to begin on. Yes. <clears throat> Let's go back to the dead teenager. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> big the, digression. I apologize. The first or fifth dead teenager. <laughs> Depending on how you count. <laughs> but luckily, Dumbledore is right there and... So he can immediately tells him that Voldemort is back and everything's super chaotic and Harry won't let go of C. Dig's body and it's super sad. But yeah. Mad-Eye Moody shows up and convinces Harry to come up to the office with him. Yeah, well, he says he's going to take him to the hospital wing, right? Mm-hmm. And then takes him to his office, mm-hmm. which is, you know, suspicious. Harry looks around he's like, hmm... I remember there being more beds in the hospital wing last time I was here. And, you know, to be fair, Harry knows the he hospital knows wing the very well. He, he sleeps there about as much as he slept in his own quarters. <laughs> at this point, really, because I, I feel like he spent numbers of weeks recovering in the hospital at various points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Madame Pomfrey probably has, like, the official Harry Potter bed. <laughs> That's right. right. Mm-hmm. His bed reserved for Harry Potter. 
<laughs> we have to keep one open just in case. But, I mean, to be fair, Harry is under a tremendous... I mean, he's just in total shock, so he's not really thinking. Oh, yeah, for sure. He never really thinks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so but it's especially sad right now. Like, yeah. That's a pretty pretty traumatic thing to experience. It's a different kind of non-thinking. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> a different kind of non-thinking for Harry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is a new feeling for me. There's consequences for my actions. I don't understand. <laughs> well, consequences for other people's actions. Right, true. He still ends up winning the tournament. Oh, shit, yeah. you're right. You got yeah. that gold. Yeah. And, you know, the girl is free now, so... Everything's coming up, Harry. <laughs> but Harry tells Mad-Eye Moody all, yeah, everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. And uh, Moody's reaction to it is unexpected. It is. It is a little. He, uh, he's. I, it, it's funny because uh, this is something I didn't catch the, f- the first time I read this, but uh, from the very beginning of this conversation... Moody is referring to Voldemort not as he who should not be named it, but as the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. Like from the first time he mentions him, I was like, "Oh, that's a little interesting." Didn't catch it the first time through, but yeah, mm. we know that's not a thing that uh, most wizards would refer to the uh, Voldemort as the Dark Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's a more of a Death Eater thing. But Mad Eye does the whole Bond villain thing where he tells Harry like every step of what he did. Yeah, because probably... turns out Mad Eye is. Evil. Evil. <laughs> very evil. He probably does another little illustration for Harry. Harry's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> wait, no. you know Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand, Moody. I don't understand, Maddie Moody. I thought you, I thought you hated Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was Moody who put Harry's name in the goblet. Mm-hmm. Eat it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I... I didn't guess this completely unpredictable, arbitrary twist. <laughs> and he's the one who gave Neville the book about gillyweed, since Harry was not having any success figuring out the second task. I know, it's really funny. Uh, Moody, Moody's like, I've been helping you all along, and it was not easy, Harry. You are very, <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> he's like, oh, you know, uh, I tried to get you to do this one thing, but you just could not figure it out. So I tried it again, and I tr- you know, it's just like, oh. He was, having, he was like, like hurting cats trying to get Harry through these challenges. <laughs> and apparently he's the one who told Cedric Diggory about, sorry, C. Diggs, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, how the, the, the notorious D.I.G. <laughs> how to... How, Diggy Smalls. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's good. He told uh, C. Diggs how to the, the how to open the egg underwater and to solve the second task. That's right, because he knew that Cedric would would help him. I suppose. So Cedric isn't as good as we think he was, bashing right. a dead guy. Like he totally got help. Yeah, he 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 cheated at least as much as Harry did. Mm-hmm. But at least he shared his information eventually. Yeah, and he staged a whole conversation in front of Dobby so that Dobby would figure out the gillyweed and get it to Harry. Mm-hmm. He did the. We found out that he put, placed an imperious curse on Crumb to attack C. Dick during the maze, and then he kept all the other obstacles away from Harry because remember Harry was walking through like, "This is weird. Why am I not seeing anything?" <laughs> There's just nothing here. It's a really boring maze. <laughs> Another dead end. Mm-hmm. But in the, <laughs> but meantime, in the meantime, like C. Dick is catching on fire again. <laughs> 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 yeah, probably Moody. I mean, Moody wasn't killing things. He was probably just moving him on the CD's path. Yeah. He's like, get him out of Harry's way. <laughs> why, but, am I, why am I on fire again? <laughs> <laughs> I welcome death. <laughs> but meanwhile, it's really cool because in the background is Mad-Eye's faux glass, which will, when, will show you your foes who are coming towards you. And you see three of them coming towards him closer and closer. 
He's about to kill Harry and Dumbledore Snake and McGonagall knock down the fucking door. I know. Like, I feel like Harry was on the verge of killing Mad-Eye Moody. You know, he was like waiting for it. And then Dumbledore rolls in and interrupts. I was, <laughs> and Harry's like, Harry. oh, thank goodness, Professor. He was about to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what are you doing with that, <laughs> that terribly poisoned knife, Harry? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm yeah, I found it. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I find things. I put them in my pockets. <laughs> you know I do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's well established that that's what he does. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. yeah, it turns out Meta Mude is behind literally everything. He even stole Harry's wand personally. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But he, but apparently, but it's not. It's not Mad Eye Moody. It's it's Barty Crouch. Yeah, right? the big reveal. It's Barty Crouch, Mister Crouch's son, who we thought was dead. We thought he had died in Azkaban after having been accused of being a Death Eater. Yeah. But, you know, I gotta say, speaking of Azkaban, they're always talking about how Azkaban is this inescapable prison. I feel like a lot of people get out of Azkaban. I mean, at least two that we know of in the last like week, right? <laughs> the last two in the last year or so, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the mentors right. are just not good prison guards. You know, they don't seem to you know keep head counts of the people that are there. They really don't. I mean, like I think he I think he even mentioned something like, oh, dementors uh, are they can't see, so they just noticed that one healthy person and one sick person went in, one healthy person and one sick person went out, and they were happy. <laughs> <laughs> they can't tell the difference. Humans all look the same to them. Mm-hmm. Just food. Yep. They look like hot dogs, turkey legs walking around. <laughs> Can you around. tell one turkey leg from another? <laughs> but a- apparently it was just a big switcheroo. Um, and yeah, and he ended up disguising himself as Mad-Eye Moody because Dumbledore opens uh, Mad-Eye Moody's trunk and they find the real Mad-Eye Moody at the bottom. And yeah, so, yeah. So wait, so I have to like lay this out because it's a very convoluted plot. It is a very convoluted plot. So <clears throat> Barty escapes. He's... Kept invisible with an invisibility cloak by his dad for like 16 years? Wait, 13 a years? Yeah, locked time. in his house and Imperius cursed mm-hmm. for 13 years. And wait, yeah. Winky's in charge of him. Right. And then at the, at the, 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 was it the, the, the Quidditch match is when he escapes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right. he's there because his dad let him come in an invisibility cloak to watch the Quidditch. Right. Because he thought he was still completely under the Imperious curse, but he's up there and he kind of and he sees Harry Potter's wand right there and he grabs it. Right, yeah. and then he and then he dark marks uh, or he does his little. Yeah, like, he's not related to the the Death Eater riot. Right, but during that time he dark marks because you know fuck the man. And is that is that how? Oh no no, Voldemort knows he's around because Bertha Jorkins knew he was around because she. Yeah, because she. Came to their house once. Oh my god, okay. So, Bertha Jorkins told Voldemort that Barty Crouch was alive. Mm-hmm. And so Voldemort came calling. And then, wait, was that before or after he escaped from... That was after. He escaped He escaped from Azkaban right away. Oh, no, 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 sorry. He escaped from... Oh, oh, he. that's right. He escaped from his dad at the Quidditch match, but then his dad caught him by shooting a bunch of stunning bolts or something, right? Did he? Oh, he stunned him and he threw an invisibility cloak at him in the forest... Where yeah. they where they dismissed Winky. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then after that is when Voldemort came and like killed his dad. No. 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 He put his he put the, the dad under the Imperious curse, and he took Crouch Junior. and um, got him set up to go as Mad Eye Moody. That's right. So he sent uh, Wormtail and Barty Crouch to kidnap Mad Eye Moody, and that's the thing when the the dumpsters got knocked over or were dancing around the dustbins. Yeah, dustbins, right? Mm-hmm. That Arthur Weasley helped with. And then he imperious cursed Mad Eye Moody to teach him how to be Mad Eye Moody, 
And he poses Mad Eye Moody for like a year. Did he Imperius curse Moody? I think he said I thought he, did. he just like kept yeah. him enchanted. Yeah, he said or he did. Oh, yeah. okay. So he could learn his mannerisms and all that stuff. Man, Bertha Jorkins has had the worst luck. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess part of it's now. her fault for being super nosy, but like, yeah. Yeah, well, it's been kind of her job, right? She's in the Ministry of Magic. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this plot is so incredibly convoluted. Why would they just not stab Harry in the face? And what was the right? purpose? What was the entire purpose of the whole thing? <laughs> to get Harry to this graveyard so they could get his blood. Right. Yes. In order to do that, they entered him in the Triwizard Tournament uh-huh. and arranged for him to win. Uh-huh. And did they even need Harry's blood? No. no. It could be any any wiz- any enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is most of the wizarding world. I'm starting yeah. to see how the Dark Lord, despite being the most powerful wizard, gets defeated. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem a little. Uh, a little Bond villainy since we're, you know, using that. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, this is a little, a little much. But I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess there is an advantage. Don't, don't we learn that he, there's a reason he wants Harry's blood. It's like, it helps him get around mm-hmm. the, um, the Harry Potter defense. Mechanism. Yeah, right, right. The, 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 the love shield or whatever. Yeah. Cause I'm sure there's ne- nobody else in the wizarding world who ever died protecting someone they loved from Voldemort. Right. It's, ne- it's literally never happened because yeah. wizards are generally pretty pragmatic assholes right yeah mm-hmm. loveless yeah <laughs> and but the night that harry saw crouch senior on the lawn, on the grounds when he was talking to crumb he uh crouch senior was actually coming to try and warn dumbledore and then that's the night when uh crouch jr he used the marauder's map and he found and he killed his dad that's right and turned him into a bone and turned him into <laughs> transfigured him into a bone and buried him <laughs> i don't get that at all why did he turn him into a bone of all things i know why didn't he turn him into just like a pebble look or something? yeah like something that you know a dog wouldn't dig up well, so if there's one thing i know about <laughs> that's a good point if there's one thing i know about transfigurations is that you can't just transfigure anything into anything it helps if the thing is shaped like the thing that you're trying to transfigure it into so that what that tells us is that Barty Crouch Sr. is bone-shaped. <laughs> like, like, a, like a big head shaped like a chef's hat and big old round feet. Exactly. <laughs> and other than that, it's like very narrow and straight. <laughs> so. If something's transfigured, does it stay that way for forever? Uh, until you untransfigure it, I think, right? Isn't it, there's huh. a spell for untransfiguring things. Interesting. I don't know. I, I, that's my thought. But I'm not a wizard. You know? mm-hmm. and once he buries it, it doesn't matter if it turns back into a corpse, right? <laughs> I mean, it depends on how Unless deep he it, like, it, I guess. Unless it pushes up the dirt or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like on the edge of the Forbidden Forest. I'm sure corpses are a daily occurrence. It's true. Hagrid's just like, oh, another corpse. And, like, throws it back in. <laughs> I mean, that's why his garden was all churned up anyway. Yeah. No, we already established this. He throws them in the lake, right? Isn't that where all the <laughs> bodies right. go? That's where Hagrid... Oh, you go in the body pile. <laughs> uh, the giant squid will just, you know, take mm. care of it. I feel like there's got to be a better wizarding way of taking care of a corpse than turning it into a bone and burying it. I mean... Uh, <laughs> well, okay, okay. Barty Krause Jr. does not appear to be the sharpest tool in the shed. That's a very good point. He's not necessarily in his like right frame of mind either. So, you know, yeah. Maybe to him that seemed like the most logical solution. Yeah. I'm going to turn him into a bone because he's a bonehead. <laughs> <laughs> I <hate> your dad. <laughs> so uh-huh. it was pretty cool when Dumbledore showed up and showed his Super Saiyan form. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because we've never seen the side of Dumbledore before. You think he even says something like, he had a look on his face that I'd never seen, you know, some kind of like, yeah, glowing mm-hmm. golden hair or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I, it also made me wonder again in this chapter, why is the best wizard that everybody looks up to running this school? 
He likes he likes uh, ensuring the next generation is well educated. I have an answer. Oh, tell that me. we will get to in the oh, next few chapters. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of plot explosion here. Like I was reading this, so I was like, "This is the end of a Scooby Doo episode." There's mm-hmm. even like the unmasking, and then he's like telling his ridiculous and improbable plot, and then he's like, "I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you." I don't know, pesky think, professors or whatever. I thought this was really, really dumb, <laughs> and I've been kind of enjoying this book, you know, a little bit, just uh, a little bit uh-huh. up to this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, but this ending is so dumb. Oh, secretly Harry's friend was actually like this other guy who's really evil, and he like he made everything happen in the whole plot, in a way that didn't give any indication that it was happening. Yeah, I, I actually had a similar feeling as I was reading this because I, I hadn't remembered like how insane this plot is. Right, and and a good mystery should have like lots of clues, enough clues that if you're paying close attention, you might have like a an idea, but like. This is a character that's supposed to be dead, and we have no hint that he wasn't dead, right? There's no way we could have no. So like, yeah, there's he's, no. He's just mentioned, right? Yeah. And and there's all this stuff with Bagman, and that's all. It's just a fake out. Oh, Bagman's just in debt to the goblins, and so he wants Harry Potter to win because he bet on him. That's later, but yeah. The end. Yeah, pretty much. So that was just a red herring. We spent all this time on it. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. You can still enjoy the rest of the story with uh, <laughs> the mystery not being particularly a good mystery. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I feel you. I guess you know, the more enlightened person could, but I, I feel like it just sort of wrecks the whole story. Well, if it makes you feel any better from here, I think things get like really dark. You know, people die and stuff. So. Good. That's what I want. Yeah, I know. That's, another, <laughs> that's why we call you Jeff Grimdark. <laughs> That'd be a great name. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Chapter 36, The Parting of the Ways. Harry tells, since uh, Barty Crouch Jr. told his story, now Harry Potter gets to tell Dumbledore and Sirius his whole story. And he goes to the hospital wing, and he wakes up, and McGonagall is just, like, having it out with Fudge. She is shrieking at him. Yeah. Freaking out. Yeah, well, this is... Yeah. Fudge brought in a Dementor when he went to see Barty Crouch Jr., and the Dementor immediately killed the kid? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not suspicious at all. I know. You know, it's just like... Fudge becomes very quickly very unlikable. I, I found this to be whiplash. Yeah. I found Fudge was sort of this bumbling but overall good-hearted kind of bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's either an evil Death Eater who's trying to cover up this whole situation, or he's completely blinkered and you know pathologically incapable of dealing with this situation. And J.K. Rowling, though, she says that's the la- it's the latter. Like she mm. talks about that. My 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 read on this, and I I still think it, you know, coming through this is he's like, he's so afraid of the idea that Voldemort could be back because it's such like a horrific idea to him that he will refuse to believe it. Like he cannot believe it. He he will take any other possible solution. Yeah, I, I just found that to be crazy. You know, like who who the hell is this guy? Like he's how how could he possibly operate in life if he's this. I'm incapable of dealing with obvious truths. Yeah, I don't know. Because he's just a bureaucrat. Never mind. I mean, this is the guy that when Sirius Black was on the loose as, you know, the, the mass murderer that blows people up in the street, mm-hmm. uh, he personally drove Harry Potter to school to make sure he got there okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's so scared that that he won't do his job? Well, Voldemort's like a next level kind of problem, right? When Voldemort was around last time... They thought that was the end of the world, essentially. The, the only reason, like, Voldemort died yeah, by accident. I just found it to be, like, total character whip, whiplash, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, J.K. Rowling just needed 
just needed nothing to happen, you know? I, I totally see where you're coming from. I don't know if I agree with you. I mm-hmm. think that it was just further insight into the character is, but I could be convinced the other way. But Fudge completely refuses to believe it, but Dumbledore lays out a plan. The first thing is to remove Azkaban from the Dementors, because as we saw, the Dementors are probably not going to be yeah. on the good guy's side. They they like Voldemort so much that they'll probably just go join Voldemort? No, not exactly. I think what he says is that essentially the, the reason the Dementors do the job they do is because it's easy food, right? They're like, we get to hang out around these people and nobody cares if we eat them. and other Because otherwise wizards have ways of dealing with Dementors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Voldemort comes around, they're like, well, then we can deceive whoever we want. Yeah, well, I, what I'm driving at is that this is another reason why they shouldn't use Dementors, yes. because all it takes is somebody who's willing to feed them some people, mm-hmm. and they'll work for that person. Yeah, it's that's true. Uh, I mean, Dementors are clearly like an evil creature, right? They're not like the good guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Wizard Prison is also like a torture place so you know yeah it's not not great for anyone really the second part of dumbledore's plan is to send the envoys to the giants to try to get them on their side preemptively and again fudge is like no i'm not gonna do any of that i don't like giants giants are jerks (laughs) (laughs) and snake though tries to convince fudge that he's back by showing off his dark mark on his arm which is what karkaroff had been showing snake before the sick ass tattoo that you can to tell when Voldemort's around and I'm wants people. They, neither of them have gotten a cover-up job done on the tattoo, you know? I think they did, right? Like, you couldn't see it for a long time. Then, like, Voldemort magically back to the surface. Oh, it was invisible? I guess so, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just, like, like you could still see it, and they could have they could have gotten, like, a big, I don't know, a deck of playing cards or something. that like <laughs> A mermaid like, that when you move your arm, she dances or something. Yeah, right? You know, cover-ups <laughs> on tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say that... Uh, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Three, two, one. I have to say that, you know, in my head, the Dark Mark tattoo looked a lot cooler than this picture that is at the beginning of this chapter. I know. It looks like a prison tattoo or something really ch- cheap. It, yeah, I mean... Well, he, he designed it when he was 15. It's true. <laughs> this is something yeah. he scribbled in his this notebook. This is the Dark That's right. Mark. It was the cover of his, like, little trapper keeper. He yeah. just, like, markered it on there. Uh, boss, are you sure you don't want to get, you know, maybe a more professional logo? No, it's awesome. Call me Lord Voldemort. <laughs> or Mr. Tom Dildo lover. <laughs> oh... It's just, you know, you, you don't always you don't always get to pick the things that get remembered from your childhood. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people, you know, pick up on things that's like once you're famous, it's hard to get rid of them. You know. It's true. Yeah. Um, but Fudge gives Harry the winnings and storms off, and Dumbledore he gets right to work, and I respect him in this. It gave me kind of chills how he's just immediately taking action, and like he told Fudge, like I am not working against you if you. The only person I'm working against is Voldemort, but you need to get your shit together right away. But Molly and Arthur and Bill Weasley are going to contact Arthur's allies at the ministry, try to get in there. Yeah, they're basically building like an insurgency. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I would say is working directly against Fudge. Well, yes and no. I mean, like, he's, he's not telling them, fight Fudge. He's saying, let's go fight Voldemort. Yeah, but he's, you know, establishing another line of authority that doesn't go to fudge. Yeah, that, that's, that is true. I mean, I mean if, you, if you do that to the American government, they drop bombs on you. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, when, when the ultimate evil is coming back, isn't that a time when you want a really fractured government? You want to make things as divisive as possible inside? <laughs> that's right. As much chaos as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what Voldemort does. He separates us all. Also Dumbledore. Wait. 
Voldemort, Dumbledore. Those Wait, names are really similar. Did you guys ever notice that Voldemort is just Dumbledore backwards? <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Wake up, Sheeple! <laughs> wizard Sheeple. Yeah, wake up, Wizard Sheeple. <laughs> uh, Hagrid and Madame Maxime are presumably the ones who are going to be sent to go after the the giants. Sirius is has to go alert the old crowd, which includes Professor Lupin. I guess these are the ones who fought against Voldemort the first go-round. Yeah. And then Snape has to go somewhere. Do something mysterious that Voldemort... Sorry, Dumbledore <laughs> won't tell anyone what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, that's yeah. where the chapter ends. Yeah. Uh, this, this was... So, okay, here's what I think. I think that Snape is going to go undercover. Okay. Uh, what? As oh, a undercover eater. where? As a Death Eater. Oh, as a Death Eater. Oh, okay. I think you meant like in the government. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to become best friends with Fudge. I sure do hate that Albus Dumbledore. You're my best friend, Fudge. What you up to? Because <laughs> Snape is so good at that kind of stuff. <laughs> he like shows up with like a baseball cap on it. <laughs> Hi, my name is Meverus. Nape. <laughs> and I'm here to be your best friend. Or he like dresses like a woman. <laughs> He's got the long hair. Severina Snape. Snaperina. Snaperina. I'm Severus's sister. <laughs> and I'm new in town. <laughs> I was hoping someone might show me around. <laughs> you look like an eligible young man. <laughs> Chapter 37, The Beginning. I guess the beginning of the bad times. Dumbledore tells the whole school that C. Dig was killed by Voldemort and Harry escaped and returned C. Dig's body. He just like lays it out there mm-hmm. at the final uh, din- luncheon, dinner, whatever it is. And Harry has to uh, go face the, you know, some of the parents of the victims of his wild murder spree. Mm-hmm. He offers them blood money, and they, but they don't go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's cold. <laughs> I know, he's like, here, uh, sorry about your son. Here's a thousand galleons. They're like, dude, yeah. no. <laughs> I, Harry Potter, will pay the blood price. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is why Dumbledore is here at this school. Because mm-hmm. he knows Voldemort is coming back, and this is his army. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that uh, I think that he has influence over the next generation, right? And through these students, he has influence over their parents to some degree. Yeah, to some degree. But I think he doesn't count on their parents. Yeah. I, I mean, think the parents... Wizards are a fractious lot, and they're not dependable. They, they don't make a good army. I mean, if he threatened, if he says he's keeping their kids hostage and won't give them back, he'll probably convince some parents in a hurry. That's a very good point. <laughs> I mean, nobody can operate in or out of, out of Hogwarts. It's yes, like a I, perfect prison. We're sorry to inform you that your letter is undeliverable to your son. Now, what's the status of that task I gave you? <laughs> I thought you were going to say something nice about his speech, because his speech is amazing. He has a pretty good speech. Actually, yeah, I really do like his speech. Mm-hmm. I always cry at the... Like, I literally cry every single time I read the last part. Oh, shoot. I should have had it open. The very last thing he says, Remember, Cedric, remember if the time should come when you have to make a choice between what is right and what is easy. Remember what happened to a boy who is good and kind and brave because he strayed across the path of Lord Voldemort. Remember Cedric Diggory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. They've got so, like a martyr, right? Yeah, this, this played a... out really good for Dumbledore's purposes. Oh my god, <laughs> you guys are so bad. Can we just appreciate that Dumbledore is maybe a good guy? This is a wonderful speech. It's a very good speech. Voldemort. Look, Mussolini gave really good speeches too, okay? There's a reason why dictators become dictators. <laughs> All I'm saying is Voldemort has a goal and 
he understands that in order to make an omelet, you have to break some eggs. And sometimes those eggs are named Cedric Diggory. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing galvanizes an army like yeah. a beloved friend lost. Jesus. So in between Voldemort, Dumbledore, and Harry, like Cedric had no chance. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, like, Poor C. Diggs. The moment he was introduced at the beginning of this book, like he wasn't making it alive. And then he had to, then he, like, he should know better than trying to date Cho Chang. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone in the school should know better <laughs> at this point. I uh, mean, has Harry even t- really talked to Cho? Yeah, right. A couple times. We asked her out once, and I think that's it. No, no, he talked to her a couple times before, just really badly. He, like, mumbled something at her, I think, right? So I have a question here. Um, through, the, through the course of this story, we learn, you know... A few things about the way that Harry's protection has worked. I think we learned that uh, Harry's been living with the Dursleys for a very specific reason. The fact that he, their family extends some of the protection of his original... I think Dumbledore says something like, the, as long as he's living under the roof of his, of his relatives, then it gives him some kind of protection, right? Right, because Aunt Petunia has the same blood as Lily Potter. Exactly, right. So yeah. there's a, there's actually a reason that he's been sent back to the Dursleys every summer, and, and you know, it's, it's protection. And we learn that Dumbledore's sending him back again, but we also learn that now Voldemort can circumvent that protection. Why is he sending him back to the Dursleys, do you think? To bait out Voldemort. Bait. That makes perfect sense. Because now he's just like dangling him out there. Huh. Yeah. So I guess I guess we're gonna see if there's like a lot of like, what cats with spectacles hanging around the, the, the Dursleys' house. Just, just keeping an eye out mm-hmm. in case anyone shows up. I guess that would explain it. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we'll find out next book. Maybe we will. But they get on the Hogwarts Express to go home, and oh. we finally find. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. First, they go and visit, visit Hagrid. They go and visit Hagrid. And uh, I noticed that Hagrid is already like presenting Dumbledore's party line. He's like, as long as Dumbledore's around, we're going to be safe. As long as Dumbledore's, we're, yeah. <laughs> he's have, the, one, the only one who can protect us from Voldemort. Yeah, have faith in Dumbledore, Harry. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of funny. Hagrid, very loyal to Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. If you look at it in a non-cynical way, I did think it was kind of cool that Hagrid, Hagrid like knew what was coming. He's the one, he knew, he knew that Voldemort was always going to come back at some point. It's that kind of, that, that wiseness. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. He has like, it's kind of fatalist, but he's, he's like, we, you know, this is going to happen and we're going to fight it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's very matter of fact about it. He's like, this is never going to be any other, other thing, you know? Yeah. Like, he's been prepared for this season, you know, for years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. They get onto the Hogwarts Express and we finally, we find out what happened with Rita Skeeter. Hermione. <laughs> oh, man. Brilliant oh, again. Rita really did cross the wrong witch. Yeah. Yeah. She put her in a jar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she got her. Just, you know, a little illegal imprisonment and uh, <clears throat> blackmailing to suppress unfavorable stories from the press. No big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I mean, that's pretty clever on Rita Skeeter's part, though, to animagus herself as a beetle so she could get all those stories. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking about that. It's like, why a beetle? And it's like, that's probably the toughest bug you could pick. And if you're going to be flying around as a bug, you want yeah. something that's not exactly easy to swat. Yeah, right. And, you know, you know, there's beetles pretty much everywhere, so you can pretty much go anywhere. Yeah, right? it's the most common, um, is it species? Coleoptera? Whatever. Uh, like genus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's the most common type of bug in yeah. the world. 
Interesting. It, yeah, it was a clever thing. And I went back and I looked at the different places where she did show up. And I think J.K. Rowling did a really good job of putting it in. Like um, when Harry was up in the divination room and he's like starting when he's like oh my scar hurts da 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 and he goes off and Rita Skeeter writes an article about it there was just something about how the room was very hot and he could hear like a bug buzzing at the window or something like that it was Mm -hmm. it was well planted I thought yeah I think I think Hermione lists them all there's like the bug on the statue there was the bug at the in the window and there was the bug in her hair or whatever when she was talking to and those are all things that happened in the story so yeah she Mm -hmm. did she did release that throughout Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So Hermione caught her and put her in a jar and said she's going to keep her for a year? Oh, no. She's going to keep her until they get to London. And then she said that she's requiring her not to write for a year. Or uh, she'll out her. Or she'll out her. Because being an an unregistered animagus is illegal. Oh. So she is breaking the law. I guess we're just scared she's going to have to get like a... A waitressing job or something. Yeah, I mean, that is her livelihood. Couldn't couldn't she just say, write nice stories for a year? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's... That's what Dumbledore would do. Yeah. Dumbledore would just have Rita Skeeter writing positive stories. Yeah. Nice things about how great Dumbledore is mm-hmm. <laughs> and how Voldemort's come back. <laughs> the yeah. kind of information you want to get out there. Yeah, know? right. But the Daily Prophet doesn't even mention Cedric Diggory's death. Yeah. They, I think they talk, they talk about how the Ministry of Magic is probably suppressing stories that they don't want out mm-hmm. there. So, bad news. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I guess everyone reads the Daily Prophet, even though it's got some you know questionable stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Draco and Crab and Goyle drop in on the train to just mess with Harry a little bit, and uh, Harry and his buddies gun them down with <laughs> magical hexes, <laughs> like from every direction. All at once, it's like five different people. Yeah, even from George from behind. <laughs> they were asking for it though. They were being huge assholes. They were. It's just funny to me how different this is from the first time Draco showed up to fuck with Harry. Yeah. And Harry just sort of sat there and took it. Uh-huh. Yeah. In I mean, this like, case, Harry's like, what are you talking? I just fought the Dark Lord. Die. Well, <laughs> Harry and his friends have spent like, not just the Dark Lord, like they spent, what, like three or four months just learning different hexes and stuff in case he might need them in that maze. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, they've all been combat training. <laughs> yeah. And Malfoy's like, I'm going to go fuck with him. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty funny. Good. But we find out Fred and George were scammed by Ludo Bagman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what was going on there. He stole their money. He yeah. stole their money, and now he's on the run from the goblins because he did not win his bets against them, and they're not happy about it. Yeah. I, I, I guess you don't want to mess with the goblins. Yeah, I think that they I think they talk about it in this book that goblins can hold their own against wizards, that wizards yeah. didn't necessarily come out on top of the... The Goblin Rebellions. Yeah. Mm. There have been rebellions where the Goblins won. Yeah. So you don't want to mess with them. And it's a kind of sweet ending. Harry gives his winnings a thousand galleons, which I think we've agreed is like $200,000 or uh, something. 20? But still, like, it's it's a lot. Yeah. I think it's like $20,000. 20000 It would just be 20000 Oh, well, that's not enough for a start of cash. I mean, it is if you're starting, like, something super small like they are. Oh. They're kind of grassrootsing it. Yeah. But anyways, their startup money to open up their joke shop. Which is great. Yeah, it's 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 great news for them, and it's a kind of a nice thing for him to do, like to alleviate some of the guilt he has for killing Cedric. <laughs> I mean, sorry, letting Cedric die, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but they, as long as they buy Ron some new dress robes, which I thought was sweet. I thought that was really sweet too. I I mean, it's sweet, but I I really like those dress robes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're styling. I I I probably would have worn them proudly if it were me, but yeah. you know. Not when you were 14. Maybe not when I was 14. That's true. It's, it's funny because he's going back to the Dursleys at the end of this. And like, all I could think was like, after the year he's had, 
going back to the Dursleys probably doesn't feel as bad as it usually does. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. he's had a really nightmare year. He's probably like, hey, eh, a little bit of neglect and food deprivation is not the worst of my troubles anymore. Yeah, it doesn't have to interact with anyone. And I guess he do anything. I wonder. I guess he's still not allowed to use magic outside of school, right? Like, there's a. I know there's an age. I don't remember what the age is. Sixteen or something. I thought it was seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's still not allowed to do the magic thing. So I guess, I guess he's still at the mercy of the Dursleys as far as that goes. But you know, still, I mean, there's only so much they can do to him. They can't cast a spell and kill him or torture him or anything like that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's had worse. Right, and he can threaten them with a bunch of red-headed wizards pouring out of their fireplace at any time. <laughs> that is true. Mess with them. I remember what happened last time. There's more where that came from. That wasn't even half the Weasleys. <laughs> I don't know if we wanted to talk about the whole like Phoenix Feather thing. I will say when uh, Harry, when Harry says amazed, wait, my Phoenix Feather comes from Fox? Like, <laughs> why is that so amazing to you? You know one Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> You've met exactly one Phoenix in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Is it that, that far-fetched that it would be this? Yeah, no, I think, that, I think that's a good point. Uh, and, and apparently that's why the whole golden backfire thing happened is because they were from the same Phoenix, which was Fox. So if one were suspicious, mm-hmm. <laughs> one would make something of this idea that Dumbledore's Phoenix is the one that provided the feather for both Tom Riddle and Harry Potter's wand. Uh-huh. Almost as though Dumbledore, in an effort to become the dominant power in the wizarding world, needed an enemy to unify all the wizards. Oh. So you think he created Tom... Sorry, created Voldemort? Right. Oh. And then he set up a hero, Harry Potter, you know, to fight him. Yeah. Another person who he had a and lot the, of influence We don't over. know what the properties of a phoenix feather are. Mind so control. It might be mind control. Maybe it just... Let's him control what Harry Potter's magic can do. Maybe it lets him track where what's going on with Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, we know that Phoenixes have lots of strange powers, right? Right. It's weird. It like it sang a song and made his parents come back to life. That one time he used it in the wrong way. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm gonna d- take a dump on your lawn. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why else? What 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 is the meaning of this connection? Uh huh. Anything else? <laughs> if one were cynical. <laughs> Which, of course, you're not. Yeah, of course not. So, final thoughts on the, the book as a whole? Uh, Best one yet. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, up until now, the books were a little, you know, kiddie and, and kind of, sometimes kind of dumb, if I'm being honest. Uh, still fun and enjoyable in their own way, but, like, this is the first one where I was like, oh, man, I'm really... I'm really gripped. And in fact, it makes me a little sad that we're about to take a, another, another break because like, I really, I now remember where things go from here and uh, I want to keep reading. You know? I know. Me too. Actually. Because like, from here on, the, you know, this, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, Jeff, but mm-hmm. the, the story starts taking some real like, turns, uh, uh, veers away from the, the theme and structure of the previous books. Yeah, some yeah. De- some dead teenagers, nothing on what's going to happen next. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it's weird that he goes back to the Dursleys at this point, but it, it's also the formula of the books, right? Starts yeah. with the Dursleys, ends with the Dursleys. That's right, yeah. That is the... Everything's structured around the school yeah. year. So it's notable that it felt weird that it was returning to the formula in that way. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. The formula is he, he gets out of his hospital bed and gets on the train and goes back <laughs> to the Dursleys. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> 
he recovers from his traumatic experience, whatever it happens to be, and goes back to New Jersey for the summer. Well, it also broke the formula because we didn't have Dumbledore awarding Gryffindor the House Cup again this year. That's right. That's right. The, oh, that's true. There wasn't yeah. the Slytherin House about to win, and then Dumbledore stealing victory from them at the last moment and giving it to Gryffindor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Dangling that prize in front of them and saying, no, you can't have it. Gryffindor gets it. Instead, this year he, you know, mm-hmm. had some mourning. I'm really excited for the other books. This is the last one where Harry feels like a kid to yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the, I, I, I know that the first time I read these books, uh, I was reading them more or less in the age range of where I think you were intended to read them. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a different experience the first time I read them. And then I, as I was rereading them, they were still fresh in my mind. So approaching them this way, having not read them in a number of years and then rereading them, it's been a very different experience. But uh, now that I'm kind of like immersed in the story, I'm remembering like mm-hmm. where things go. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it, it continues to get better from here, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It becomes, the books definitely become less standalone. Yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so, so excited for the, le- the next three books. I'm also uh, excited to watch the movie again because I, I think we had talked about this a little bit off- offline, but uh, I don't remember anything about this movie at all. Me either. Like it's it's like oh, could be anything. Could be. I, I remember at the time the movies were released, there was a lot of discussion around director changes and like what, which ones were good and which ones were bad. And I remember that the movies could be kind of hit or miss, and I remember literally nothing about this movie. So it could be like really interesting, or it could be just like a Terrible, terrible stinker. I have no idea. Well, join us next time. We will have watched the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and then we will discuss it. Yeah, we'll let you guys know uh, whether you should watch it or not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the book of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. You We'd can love al- to hear from you. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. You can... You can also reach us. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have any of those. Uh, please share us with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews. If you like Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, you can check out our other podcast, The Dragon Reread. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.